Hello and welcome to Hammock Stories, a podcast for people seeking inspiration while on their journey to finding identity, meaning, and community. Every week, your hosts, Tu and Chenny, will be asking an everyday hero to join us in our hammock and share their personal story of how they've arrived at themselves. Slow it down. Nothing to do, abandon the cars, map our way with the stars. In this episode, our very own Tu Nguyen joins us on the hammock. She shares her story of how she shifted from a scarcity mindset, leaving Vietnam as a refugee and growing up on welfare in Regent Park, to an abundance mindset. Tu is an expert on generosity and kindness. Outside of hammock stories, she's also the founder of Karma Kitchen Toronto and helps others see the fullness of their brokenness through her coaching practice. Hey, too. Hey, Jenny. Guess what? What? You get to be interviewed on your own hammock. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done this before. How does it feel to lie on your own hammock? I lie on my hammock every day, so that part is okay. <laughs> but recording it, that's new. <laughs> so tell me about your day. How are you feeling? What's going on for you? Ah, today's pretty chill. Um, I went grocery shopping for Karma Kitchen, mm. which is tomorrow, mm-hmm. and um, we made shepherd's pie, or it's been it's being made right now in the Instant Pot. <laughs> so if there is some um, Instant Pot beeping sounds, we know that what it's for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for those of us who aren't familiar with what Karma Kitchen is, can you tell us a little bit about it? Ooh. Um, so Karma Kitchen in Toronto uh, was started, I started it a year and a half ago. Um, and the whole idea is that we go to Moss Park, we bring a bunch of great food and music and arts and activities, and we invite anybody in the neighborhood to join us. So in the summer, it's out, we started in the summer and it was in a park. Um, and yeah, people would just come by, um, walk by and see it and then come join us. And my whole idea was that people would be served and not it's not like a soup kitchen or it's not like other places that hand out free food, but that people would be able to be greeted, sit down, hang out, um, do activities, enjoy the music, and have really good food. And then at the end, they get a bill, and it says um, their meal was zero dollars, and that um, they have a chance to pay it forward. Um, Mm. And not just money-wise, but they can write a note for a stranger the next month. And it's been been magical. Mm. Like, it's been a year and a half of just... um, just experimenting with this shift from transaction to trust, mm. isolation to community. It's like, it's cool to see it. Like, Yeah, I, ima- I, can, only, I can only imagine. Um, I've been to some of your Karma Kitchen events and I find each of them individually so magical. Yeah. So I love them. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about, you're saying the transition from, from transaction to trust. Mm-hmm. Um, has, have, you, have you always led with trust? No. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you weren't just like born super duper wise? <laughs> no. <laughs> so when, when did you feel 
feel that that transition was necessary? I think, I mean, I've been reflecting on this a lot since I went to the um, Omega Institute last month. And just like, I and feel what was that? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Just for context. Um, I went to this women's leadership uh, retreat mm. in Omega Institute, which is in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I feel like I've become a different person afterwards. Um, it was magical. It was like 40 women that are like grassroots uh, leaders or executive directors of nonprofits um, all over the States and me from Canada. And um, yeah, we spent the week like mostly it's like a bunch of doers and we just spent the week connecting with our body and with each other and um, kind of going through a framework um, for leadership, which is like voice, vision, values, vessel, and then making a voyage for the next year. So it's, I feel like, um, kind of back to that question of like, looking back on why I do what I do. And I find that a lot of my life from the beginning, I feel like I was a victim um, a lot of times, which is like, you know, having to leave Vietnam, coming here to Regent Park in the ghetto, and then um, having a single mom and not being able to afford any school events or like, it's just like lots of victim mentality that I had of like, poor me. Mm. Um, And that's when I didn't trust anybody. Mm. Because the area is rough. Um, Just like the, the trust, it was about, you know, getting out of the hood or, you know, about making it on my own. Mm. Um, but I think that way of life never worked for me. <laughs> uh, where mm. I got really sick. Um, I was in Silicon Valley, like crushing it in with air quotes, um, and just getting sicker and sicker. Yeah, you you were you're in YC, right? Um, I was, I just left the company that was part of YC, but I was part of um, Techstars mm. for a startup and then Alchemist Accelerator right. for a startup. Right, that's right. Yeah, so I had this whole tech side of me and I don't feel like I trusted anybody. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think the trust came from like not, like being really sick, like being in the hospital in Palo Alto and bleeding almost to my death. Um, And I think that was the start of like, oh, maybe this is not the way to live life. Maybe it isn't about the survival of the fittest, but maybe it's about, um, well, at that time I didn't know what it was about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But in that surrender, and I would say like the last 10 years has been this like surrender and knowing that I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I think the trust comes from all the kindness that's happened ever mm. since and the different healers and um, like my natural path and um, just all these people in my life that have taken care of me when I didn't know what to do. Mm. And I think the trust has come from that, um, that, that, yeah, like um, now we all are supposed to grow up to be like independent and not rely on anybody but it's it's actually it's not because the world isn't trustworthy Mm. oh what a beautiful lesson (laughs) (laughs) so for you personally in terms of developing that muscle for trust 
like, can you maybe talk through um, perhaps like what were some of the barriers along the way and? Yeah, I think, I mean, so I think trauma, for example, um, when you experience a lot of trauma, whether it's um, childhood abuse or, or I don't know, just pe- people, um, I don't know, taking your stuff, for example, or any of that. Um, I, I think it's more like when you think the world is bad, the world becomes bad. Mm. Um, and then when you have no, you have no more definitions of what the world is, it's just like, it's a world that doesn't make any sense to me. You may, I, I came to it with curiosity. And I think, like, when I was Omega, at Omega, I realized that the shifts between, like, victim and then, like, having authority over your life or agency, I think that shift is, like, a shift of how much you believe in kindness and compassion and and generosity. Like, when I was a victim, I thought, you know, I had to, like, take stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I look back and I'm like, oh, man, like, you know, even the rules that got refugees to come to Canada or, like, you know, us having no money and being on welfare and still having a place to live. Like, I now look back and I'm like, oh, that's actually, like, a ton of generosity and a Mm. ton of trust, right? Mm. And it's like, you know, there's lots of people now that are migrants or um, refugees and they have nowhere to go. So it's just like, when I look back on my life, I'm like, oh man, like my whole life has been full of kindness. Mm. It was just my perspective was different. Um, And yeah, so I think, and probably why I do Karma Kitchen or really anything related to generosity is this, it's brought me from like brokenness to wholeness. Mm. And and it's not that hard. <laughs> it's like really not that hard to like cook um, shepherd's pie <laughs> and bring it over and offer it to people and like ha- have that. I think the fun the things I've learned is like about belonging, about like creating a sense of safety um, for people, even if it's short, like even if it's a meal or an mm-hmm. hour or two, it's enough for someone to experience a, maybe a different lens or a different perspective in the world. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because as you're talking, it's making me think, you know, often the, narr- the social narrative that we grow up with is like, Oh, you know, you you want to you want to take because you want to grow and you want to um, uh, kind of heal through your own situation, and it's interesting to hear you articulate it in terms of well, it's actually no, it's not the taking; it's actually the generosity yeah. that helps us heal and helps us grow. Yeah, because I think I mean I don't know where it comes from of this like. There's this, and I was part of that, which is like, you, you are, are responsible for your own destiny or you're, you're, you're responsible for yourself. But there's so many things that we take for granted that we never did to shape our future. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, every, like our parents raised us when we were young and we didn't do anything. Like, somehow now mainstream thinking is this whole like, 
you know, unless I'm useful, unless I prove myself, I'm not worthwhile. Um, whereas, like, you know, like a, a baby is just like everyone takes care of a baby, and and they're not doing anything. They're just <laughs> smiling and laughing or crying, but like they're worth it, and and we are too. Um, and it's it's this weird thing of trying to prove that we can control stuff we can't. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I think this whole taking thing is, you know, what are you taking from? <laughs> like, like, what is yours? Like, what, what is actually yours to have? And what is, what is not? Or what has been given to you from, like, you know, generations ago? Like, seven, gener- seven generations back or seven generations in the future. Um, what lasts, I guess, over that time? Mm-hmm. So what lasts for you? I think, honestly, like, I don't know. I I feel like when you have, um, you know, chronic diseases and stuff, you start thinking a lot about death and um, what gets passed on. And I think for me, it's, it goes back to kindness. Um, I don't know, like, you can't help, like, all the stuff goes away, like, it disappears sometimes. But I think how you make someone feel is is something that they pass they pass on like these ripples. I would say like, and at Karma Kitchen, it's always just like uh, like today your only task is to make someone's day, mm-hmm. um, and that ripple of kindness. You never know what happens. Like you never know. Like that first Karma Kitchen we we're at, Chris, uh, my boyfriend was. Um, being nice to this, like this, there was this homeless guy who was selling um, stuff mm. in front of our picnic, and we gave him food and talked to him like a normal person. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he pulled out just all his change, like nickels and dimes and quarters, basically a hundred percent of his life savings, like mm-hmm. is there, and he gave it to us and. Mm. Um, you know, you never know, like, you know, like the bun me or whatever sandwich we serve a day makes him kind of give us his life savings. And, and then that has kind of gone on month to month. Mm. Um, and that community, the trust you see there continues to like, so I think that stuff lasts, mm. I hope, <laughs> mm-hmm. at least so far, um, the evidence I've seen in the past year and a half has been like it, 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 it ripples and it multiplies, and mm. and it's not transactional. Mm. Hmm. Um. I think I think speaking of ripples, I think one of the important lessons that you've taught to me personally, which I, which is what comes to mind right now, were the ripples of impact that you can see and the ripples of impact that you can't see Mm. and how they're both equally valuable even though we can't trace it and I guess for me what I'm curious about is like how how do you how do you see the ripples well like when did this come to you (laughs) well honestly like let's talk about hammock stories (laughs) Because, like, well, we've done a few episodes for this first season. And, like, 
you know, we put people on hammocks and then they hear themselves mm. um, and their wisdom for half an hour. But like the stories afterwards is like, I guess it was surprising to me because we only really planned like, okay, like these are the people we're going to put on a hammock and schedule them. Mm. But I guess I didn't. I, too, am surprised <laughs> where afterwards, like, just the things that people were saying um, after hearing themselves talk about, like, belonging or feeling belonging mm. or um, another person kind of uh, taking a big action in their life because um, they heard their own voice mm. and their authentic voice and what they needed. Um, and I don't know. I, like... It wasn't something that I thought Hammock Stories was going to do. I was like, oh, Hammock Stories will just, like, let people tell their stories um, that, you know, are in minority groups or things, stories that are underrepresented. But now I'm like, oh, these people actually, it, it was a benefit for us to listen hmm. because their lives are different. <laughs> like, their lives are like, like, there was, like, a major transformation that happened. And I think that's the stuff... I think we never expect and it's that's I guess I hear of it through stories mm. um, and I can't say like oh like the hammock is the thing that put them mm -hmm. over the overboard but it's too much of a coincidence <laughs> <laughs> like it's been like every month that someone's like oh like my life has changed ever since coming to the hammock yeah um, so I I I think that's how I know that it works. I guess I've always been really impressed and inspired by how much you trust magic and how like you just kind of go through life and and trust that everything will be fine and everything work out and not just work out, but it'll be more than what you ever expect. Mm -hmm. Like whether it's through Karma Kitchen or here at Hammock Stories, yeah, like, and 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 yet you're someone who's had to live through some pretty big chunks of trauma, <laughs> uh, including like all the chronic illness issues you've been dealing with yeah. for the last few years. And so, yeah, I I feel like if I were in your shoes, I don't know if I would be able to have as much trust or faith. <laughs> so, like, how do you do it? What's your secret? Well. I think it's a choice, to be mm. honest. Like, yeah, you can, like, yeah, I have asthma, diabetes, cancer. And um, so, yeah, you could just lie in bed for until you die and say, like, poor me or, like, you know, I screwed up or whatever it is. And trust me, I have. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't work. Like, I mean... Like, you wake up and you're still alive. And you're like, okay, well, I'm not dead yet. Um, it's like, what do I do instead? Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I don't know, there's just so, like, if you have nothing to lose, like, you really have nothing to lose. Like, and I, and I, I guess there's a story, like, uh, one of the awakening calls is this guy named Shin uh, Terayami from Japan. Mm -hmm. And he was in his 80s on the call. And when he was 40 or 35, he was diagnosed with end-stage cancer. Mm. And he's talking to us at 80. Um, and <laughs> wow. he said something that really stuck with me. He's just like, okay, well, in Japan, um, sometimes they don't tell you that you're going to die. 
but anyway, his his wife decided to tell him that okay, like he's he has end stage cancer, so um, they discharged him and said, okay, well you're gonna die soon, so like you know live your life, and so he did. He woke up in the morning, said hi to the sun, and then he was like, oh, I'm gonna cook, so I'm gonna cook what I'd like, and then he used to play cello as a kid, so he started playing cello, and he basically kept doing what he wanted because he was going to die anyway, mm-hmm. like, the next day. And it kept going. <laughs> like, he didn't die. And um, the inspiration I got from that was this whole, like, let's wake up and say hi to the sun. Mm-hmm. And when the sun goes down, say bye to the sun. And I think, well, whenever I am in that space of gratitude, it's like, oh, like, this day is a gift because mm-hmm. I might not have another day. Um, I mean, it could get into dark places, but really when you come with it as gratitude, like this is bonus. Like, you know, maybe you only had three lives and you finished those like in a video game and this is like a bonus level. And Mm. so whatever the bonus is, like, that's awesome. Mm. Um, And I think it's that spirit of gratitude that I think has gotten me here. It's just like, you know, whatever is going on, like, there's still life and Mm -hmm. so someone's gifted me this life like don't waste it Mm -hmm. Um, I think is my secret (laughs) yeah I mean like I feel like it's like those things that you hear about in like uh fictional stories about people kind of uh healing themselves through their own cancer be it terminal or or something very intense and crazy like that like yeah, like how how do you make that choice? I don't, I, to be honest, I don't think I have a choice. Mm. Like it's like I am alive, <laughs> mm. and I guess it's hard. Like, so I had a coaching session this week, oh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was. I mean, this week was tough again with doctors and I mean more chances of other cancers um, and. And actually, like, my realization this week is, like, I'm not new at this. It's been, like, fucking, like, it's been, like, 10 years. Um, And I guess my realization this week was, like, there's nothing new I need to learn from the outside world in books or healers or Mm. whatever. I'm like, I got this. Like, I know the schedule I need. Mm. Um, And I think the thing I had to work out was, like, how do you be still curious like have a beginner's mind but also know that you have all the tools you need to do what you can Hmm. like I honest there's nobody like none of us know if tomorrow is like no we're gonna wake up tomorrow and there's like we'll be well I don't know um but like people that are sick I think have that realization even more Mm. and so you have because you don't have that luxury of planning that far ahead you just focus on what's important Mm. um yeah so yesterday was good because I kind of there's this there's also this nuance of kindness like back to kindness Mm. it's like what is kind for yourself Mm. um as well Mm. like I have a history of, like, being kind to other people. (laughs) But, like, kindness to myself Mm. is this new lesson, Mm. I guess. 
um, I guess related to that, like um, what, what I really learned yesterday was this whole, I think when you're sick, you stop wanting to focus on the future because the future is dark. <laughs> like it's like, you know, you're going to suffer more or like, you know, diabetes will do lots of bad things to you and all that stuff. So I like, I really found mindfulness and all that stuff because I really wanted to focus on the present. But I think what didn't, what the missing thing I, I missed was if you focus on the future with fear, that's the that's the results. Like it's just it's you shouldn't focus on the future with fear because it sucks. Mm. But if you focus on the future with love, um, as in what's a kind thing I can do to my future self mm. or what will my future self appreciate about me? Mm. I guess that was my insight yesterday was like, oh, like I can think about the future with love. Mm. <laughs> and then it's like better. Cause oh. like yeah, like it, there is there could still be a future that's physical or not or it doesn't really matter but that it's it's uh yeah that's my new insight <laughs> oh i love it so so can you share with us some of the ways that you're practicing giving love for yourself yeah like well this week i've been, well, i've been really wanting to create a routine but basically like a small thing is just sometimes we let the dishes here just kind of explode a little bit mm. and then I don't want to cook and then there's this whole cycle mm. um, where uh, the other day I was tired and same thing I wanted to just leave the dishes there but Ashley was like oh like maybe I'll give a gift to future self <laughs> which is put the dishes away and then tomorrow when I wake up then I'll have a good start and like not not start like grumpy or whatever mm. so it's small and I have a quote like in front of me so small is all mm. and I got that like we girl talked about that at the Omega retreat and yeah I just look at it every day it's just like small is all and small just small acts of kindness for yourself I think that's my my current gem yeah I love it oh makes me think of like what are all the little gifts I can give to future Chenny next yeah. week <laughs> yeah it is I I love how how it kind of creates this sense of abundance yeah. even if even if the future may be you know some you know some potentially not great thing might be happening but coming at it from this place of abundance really changes how you see it yeah 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 and it's such a nuance of this whole like future yeah but like a little like I guess I was wrestling with like okay like meditation and all the stuff about the present and so like the present is great mm -hmm. but, like then you never want to think about the future mm. but if you don't think about the future you might not make choice like everything you do in the present yeah. Is your future. Yeah. It's all connected. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like a very kind way of interacting with the future. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I love it. So I'll report back yeah. <laughs> whether or not this works. Sounds good. <laughs> so I guess I'm, I have a question around what advice you would give to perhaps people, who, um, for people who f still feel like, um, 
they are stuck with their illness or stuck with something? Like, what advice would you give them? I think it's like, what, what do you need to let go? Like, because mm-hmm. the control, like, it's like, I like mindfulness and I like meditation because it really, I think over time, it gives you this, like, ground in reality. It's like, okay, the future might suck. You might die early. This is probably terrible advice. (laughs) Or you will suffer. Um, But some of these are truths. And because they're those truths, it's like, okay, what is under your control? It's like a lot of times we feel stuck because a lot of things are outside of our control. Mm. And when I spend lots of time worrying about what other people do or what other things like are not in my control. I've wasted like, years of my life, mm. I think, in that worry and anxiety and and control over things you can't control. Mm. And so uh, I guess it's religious, but like there that whole like poem or whatever, like prayer to Saint Francis or like. I think the quote is about like God giving me the strength to know what's what's uh, what I can control, and the wisdom to know the difference. Um, and uh, yeah, I, control is a hard lesson. Like mm. a like being grounded in reality, know what is under your control and what's not. Like it's definitely a work in progress for me, mm-hmm. um, but for others that are. Um, kind of struggling with seeing um, a terrible future with their illness. It's more, yeah, it's it's like, what are the things that you're holding on to that's actually not in your control? Mm. Um, and start there. And meditation helps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thanks, Jenny. <laughs> It's been so fun. <laughs> so, so now that you, now that you've told a little bit of your story on the hammock, how does it feel? Good. I think um, it's nice to know what our hammock stories uh, guests experience <laughs> <laughs> on the hammock. And yeah, it's the it's been this hunch for the past year of mm. ours to like just see. The different space that a hammock creates. Mm. Um, you're almost not talking to someone. Like I'm not. I'm talking to you, but I feel like I'm talking. Like it's like suspended in air, in time, and space. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's and being held. It's it's almost like you're talking to future too. Yeah. Or past two. Or past two. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like when you ask that question to people. And it's just like, it's almost like this portal of like time stands still. Mm. And you're being held. And and whatever you're saying is, is valid. Like your life experience matters. And mm-hmm. it's really nice to be seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I recommend everyone buy a hammock. <laughs> Well, I can definitely say without question that everyone that you surround yourself with really sees all of your magic and you really inspire everyone to kind of be kind and also look for the best and hope for the most in every situation. It's really beautiful. I guess 
whoever advises this hammock works. Um, <laughs> buy yourself a hammock. <laughs> yeah, buy yourself a hammock. Because, like, I think the whole letting go thing, mm-hmm. like, what I was talking about control, like, letting yourself hang and do nothing mm-hmm. and still feel good, it's, it's, it's the start. It's the start of, like, unwinding the type A control. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Chetty. Thank you, too. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hammock Stories and um, getting to know me a little more. It was really nice to be cradled in there and pour my heart out to Chenny in the world. And hopefully you were also listening in a cozy place. Tune in to the next episode of Hammock Stories where we speak to a young activist for inclusion disabilities and chronic illnesses we really promise it's going to be awesome thank you now